And let's open our Bibles, please, to Psalm 84, the 84th Psalm. And uh, this pertains to the dedication of uh, God's house, the sanctification of the building. We do remember that the people are, is the true church. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're going to read this entire psalm, Psalm 84. Shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Psalm 84 and verse 1. We'll read these verses responsibly. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Excuse me. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. The Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. If you look back at verse 10, it says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. So I added this up, and the name of the sermon is How to Live 10,000 Years. Uh, I fully believe this, can't explain it, but uh, we'll give you the math. It's an estimation, but uh, the principle is there. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the uh, message. We yield your spirit. We thank thee for this place which thou hast provided, uh, the brethren, the fellowship we have. Amen and uh, true love. We pray that you bless your people with health and true prosperity in growing in grace and uh, provision, protection. We pray now as the word goes forth that your blessing would be upon us and you'd give us power to preach and hear the word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Life is uh, very short. We know this. In the Bible it says my life is but a vapor. Another place it says my life, is, my life is just like smoke. Another place it says it's swifter than a, a, a weaver's beam or a shuttle's, shutter's beam. It's very, very short. The goal through wisdom, if we make wisdom the principal thing, is to have what the Bible calls length of days and long life. So you can have many days, that's the quantity, and then you can have long life in each individual day, that is the quantity. I fully believe this. 
So we know that God has not changed. The Word has not changed. It's impossible to change. And the problem is people have changed. Most people take the house of God as a take it or leave it thing. They become very casual and there's a lack of resolve and commitment to the things of God. And we know for the average, even professing Christian, that the house of God has taken a back seat to any and every other thing. Sports, their job, the bed, the restaurant, vacation, upkeep of their property. We realize these things. Now, our God is a just God. If you think about in the old, before the, even the Old Testament, when the firmament covered the earth, the ultraviolet rays did not shine through. And we know that the lifespan was much longer for those people. Adam lived 930 years. Seth lives 912 years. Enos lived 905 years. Canaan lived 910 years. Mahalalel lived 895 years. Jared, 962 years. Uh, Enoch was raptured when he was 365 years old. Methuselah, we know, was 969. Lamech lived to be 777. And Noah, 950. So now, David said that God blesses us, three score and ten, maybe four score. We have plans and aspirations to live much longer than that. But 2 Peter 3.8 says, One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. So we know this is the great sabbatical week of the creation of Almighty God. In six days He did all of His work. In the seventh day He rested. So you have the 6,000 years that have transpired from the beginning of uh, the recreation of the earth. Then you have the thousand year millennial reign of Christ, the seventh, the eighth day is the new beginning. And this will be uh, the millennial uh, reign of Christ and, or excuse me, eternity. We know that after that. But I want you to think about the house of God. And it says, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And he says, my soul longeth, yea, even feigneth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. And even the sparrows found a place. They come to the house of God, build their nests. Sad to say, the average person, you have to invite them and beg them, somehow convince them to come. But those who understand, it says, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. Amen. There's a special blessing to those who love the house of God. And when you look at it, it says, when you live this way, any obstacle that comes into your life is just a potential for a miracle. So it talks about those passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also fill at the pools, and then there's great strength and fortitude promised to them who love the house of God. They go from strength to strength. 
Now, if you look at the opposite, those who do not love the house of God, they're going to get weaker and weaker and weaker. But those who love the house of God will go from strength to strength. And he is our shield. The Bible says, you can pray, look on the face of thine anointed. So then we get to the text. So let's look at this again in verse 10. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. Now I believe that. You may not believe it. This is not poetic license. This isn't just some way to describe the life of the house of God. God says every day you come to the house of God is better than a thousand days that you didn't come to the house of God. Now I believe that. In the quality of your life, and in some way it is going to add to the rewards in heaven throughout eternity. So I uh, add this up, this is an estimation. So you have 52 approximate Lord days in a year. Uh, if you live to be 70 and you came to church when you were born, and that's what your parents ought to do, just bring it to church, Amen. stick you in the nursery, put you in a pew, and it does in a baby care. It doesn't matter if they can understand it or not. You're giving your child a thousand days for every one they get in the house of God. Amen. That's 3,640 days right there that you get in the house of God. Now, if you, that's scary because we're spending one of them today. If you live to be 70, if you multiply that times the thousand, which one day in God's house is better than a thousand without, that's 3,640,000 days. If you divide that by the 365 days in a year, that's 9,972 days. Round it off basically to 10,000 um, years. So, do you believe that or not? I do. I believe one day in a true house of God is better than a thousand without the house of God. The Bible tells us, seek ye the old paths, set thee up waymarks, and why should we, why should we be faithful? For many reasons. First of all, the Bible says, forsake ye not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. It's a commandment. Jesus died for the church. He shed his blood to buy the church. And he said upon this rock, I will build my church. But every time you come, I left out Wednesdays, by the way. You could add the whole, it's a lot longer than 10,000. You're, you're, you're living more than a thousand days for every day in the house of God. So, is the Bible God's word? Yes, it is. Is it true? Yes, it is. That's what God says. And the psalmist who loved the house of God knew the benefits. You'll get stronger and stronger. You can pray and the Lord will look on the face of His anointed. And the humble servant, the doorkeeper, realized this is where I belong. I would rather do anything at the house of God than everything outside of the house of God. And if we want revival, and if we want to build, and we want to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other like Nehemiah, we have to make a reassessment and a reaffirmation of our commitment of faithfulness to the house of God. You know, when I was young, blue laws, 
shows you how old I am. How do you remember Blue Law? Uh, okay. In the old days, you could not buy certain things on Sunday. And they would have these little blue stickers. And you would walk the aisles. And I, I don't know why I never forgot it. My dad took me to a, uh, I think it was a Piggly Wiggly. I don't know what that is. And, and we went down the toy aisle. And I would look, and it all had a, you could not buy toys on Sunday. Did you believe that? And there was all sorts of things you couldn't buy. But that was when America feared the Lord. That was when America put God first. You know, your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes. You know, when you were a kid, if you played in your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, you were going to get a Sunday meeting uh, beaten. Uh, you know, you're, you know, if you if you scuffed up your church clothes or tore a, a hole in the knee of your church clothes, uh, you're in big trouble. And you know, I don't know why you say I don't have much money. Just get your Sunday clothes and wear it on Sunday. Right. We're not in a competition. Uh, you're supposed to do your best for the Lord, honor the Lord on the Lord's day. But a lot of people. They would say, well, since God's everywhere, I can go to church anywhere. And that's not true. That Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week. He said, I will build my church. And every work that he does is through the local, autonomous New Testament church. Now, when I got saved, I realized this is where I need to be. I love it. I felt accepted. It was my place. I tried to pick my pew, and you know it would upset me if somebody got in my place. Uh, and and uh, like Brother Howes used to say, women take your shoes off, feel comfortable for a while. You know, you ought to feel uh, loved and received. It ought to be your place because this is where things happen. You say, well, what's the big deal? This, this is God's business. This is God's house where the Word of God is preached faithfully. Where we teach and study the Word of God, we agree as touching these matters, pray for one another, and we study the Word of God. I remember when, when uh, I don't know why these stories come, but they're very vivid. When we got saved, my brother and I, we would go help the pastor mow the yard, and there was a thorn bush and we cut the, it was a, a vine, big old gnarly thorn. I, I never forgot, we took it out to the parking lot, to the trash, and either me or my brother said, look how big those thorns are. I wonder how big the thorns are when the crown of thorns that they placed on Jesus' brow. And my whole life changed. Just mowing the church changed my whole life. Taking out the trash at the church. You know, there, there's nothing greater you could do. I'd rather live a thousand year quality, I mean a thousand days of quality in one day than all these people who are running to and fro and accomplishing very little, burning rubber to pass somebody up, risking their life to have a head-on collision, and then slamming on the brakes at the next red light. The average Baptist is cold, backslidden, worldly, satanic. They're flesh pods. They have lost their first love. They've lost it. 
Now, I believe the rapture is going to take place on Sunday, on the Lord's Day. You know, where were you when we walked on the moon? Or did we really walk on the moon? <laughs> I'm still lying a little bit. Uh, I don't know about that. But uh, I, I was in my Aunt Mary's house in uh, Sherman, Texas. We were coming back from my grandmother's uh, in Oklahoma going home. And uh, that's, we sat there and watched it. Where were you when Kennedy was assassinated? Are you that old? You know, where were you when uh, the 9-11 towers were hit? I remember distinctly, we were doing sheetrock in a house, and somebody said something happened, they, they, something bigs just happened. But, you know, what a sad thing, a billion years from now in eternity, where were you when the rapture took place? What were you doing when God, we heard the last trump, and we heard the shout, and we were called out to meet the Lord in the air. I think we'll ask questions like, where were you when the rapture took place? What, what an amazing thought that most people are so ignorant they couldn't even consider it. So we know that Jesus Christ loved so much that He bought the church with His own blood. To whom much is given, much is required. He that is forgiven of much, loveth much. So often, we get sidetracked, don't we? We get a little bit confused. Maybe we get overwhelmed. Maybe we, we have too many irons in the fire. Sometimes life is pressing us. We are backed into a corner. But we must remind ourselves constantly one day in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand. Yes. You know those people at Garnerville or at Garnerville Road Baptist Church, Garner Park right now, uh, and they're barbecuing and they think they're really having a good time. No, they're absolutely miserable wretches. They don't even understand how miserable that they are. Right. Now. The old saying, if you don't shout, you're going to pout. And if you don't get better, you're going to get bitter. And if you don't fight, the devil's going to punch you right in the face. And if you don't put God's house first, you're going to put your house first. It's inevitable. You have to draw the line and make a decision. Now, We'll thank God a million years from now that we were faithful. We'll, that we'll still be praising Thee. Still be praising Thee. We need to do this consciously, deliberately, resolve God's house is the most important thing in our life. I'm not saying this to build a church or to control people. God knows. This is the right way to live, to honor the Lord. He made us. He makes our heart beat. He gives us every breath. He causes all of our bodily functions to operate correctly. He is the Lord God. We ought to fear Him and His house. If you look through the Word of God, every time the house of God lieth waste and they begin to 
build their house with sealed house, lined with cedar. God put holes in their pockets. Yep. Holes in their pockets. You know, and if, if you steal from God, God will get it some way. Right. I mean, you'll, you'll have some financial setback. Something's going to happen. God's going to get what belongs to Him. We know that. But we need to do this for God's sake. We need to do this for Christ's sake. We, we need to do this for the brethren's sake. We need to show the world that there's still a group of people out there. The old-fashioned, old-timey Bible believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to kowtow. We're not turning back. We're not going to settle. We're not giving in. We're going to press forward. And God's house is the most important thing. You know, if you think about it, is God's house really as important as your house? Your accoutrements, is that the word? Your furnishings, your infrastructure. I believe God's house is more important than the White House. What's going on in Bible-believing churches all over the world is far more important than what's happening with governments, militaries, corporations, rich and powerful entities. And when we get back to this and understand, and we stay with it, because I'm warning you, the tingly feeling's going to go away. God's going to test you to see what you're really made of. God will see if you will live by faith and live by duty, not feelings. When nothing's pushing you, but you just have to get up in the morning and live by schedule. Just like it says, as Jesus was, his, his custom was, He went into the synagogue to dispute. It's so true. But if you've ever been to a jail or prison, it's a horrible sound. When you hear that noise, and I heard it a while ago, uh, we went to the ministry. And when you hear that thing, man, it's a horrible, horrible sound. And you will go through about three or four of those, and you look up, and the ceiling's made of uh, cement, and there's razor wire, and you hear that. But how many people go to what's called the big house because they put their house in front of God's house? How many people ruined and wasted and wrecked their life because they were just too busy. They just had too much going on. Or somebody or something hurt their little feelings. How many men are in the doghouse because they put their house in front of God's house? It's a sad world in which we live. If we think about the old King James, the faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. If you've ever read the Fox's Book of Martyrs and know all that they went through for us, you know, if they would, in the Reformation, they would cause them to recant or force them to recant Christ, and if they wouldn't, one of the things they did is they would tie them down to a table and then put uh, moldy and mildewed corn on their belly and then release 
big old starving field rats and they'd begin to eat that and they wouldn't stop and they'd eat through their, their, their bowels and, and literally eat them alive. And you know, it, it's a sad day when we can't even, we gotta beg people to come to church. Yeah, right, right. Beg people to come to church. Peter was crucified, history tells us, or tradition, upside down, because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified the same as the Lord. It's, it's a sad, sad day. And then you have certain people who think they're right when they're not. And the bottom line is, if you're not right with God's house, you're not right with God. You can say you are, you can fantasize, you can deceive yourself, but when, when you... Something is wrong with the house of God. You've lost your love. You've lost your fervor. You've lost your zeal. You've lost your fire for the things of God. Something's wrong. Right. Something is desperately wrong. How to live 10,000 years? How do you do it? You know that song, 10,000 years will just be started. It's an amazing thing. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. There's a new name written up in glory. I'm never going to forget it. When I got right, I was a total heathen. I got me a white shirt and a tie. I said, I don't care what anybody thinks. I sat, I sat right there and uh, stood up. And I said, I'm as accepted of any of you. God died for me. He shed His blood for my sin, just like everybody else. And I never forgot when they sung that song, you asked me why I'm happy. Well, I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And I would just look at this, and I, was, I couldn't quit smiling. And I was looking around. And that was uh, about 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Brother Evans used to say, you don't measure your Christianity in days or months or years. You measure it in decades. De when, when decades have gone by, you'll have some stories to tell. You'll have some real testimony. But a lot of people think they're really getting somewhere when just a few days have passed, maybe a few months. But when the feeling goes away, and you're tried by fire. Think it not a strange thing concerning the fiery trial, which is to try us. This happens to everybody. We'll all go through it. You just have to keep on going. The just shall live by faith. Now, I'm through, but when I've heard this many times in my life. When somebody will pass away and... Someone will offer condolences to a family member. A lot of times they'll say this, and it really bothers me. They had a full life. They lived a full No, they didn't. They didn't live a full life. You're just justifying that they're gone. How do you know they lived a full life? The Bible says, why die before thy time? One day in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand. Now, you know that's uh, over three years. So, one day in God's house is better than three years never coming to church. So, I just don't believe that. Well, don't believe it. But the Bible's true. And God said it. 
I can't explain it. I just believe it. One day is better than a thousand. Now, in conclusion, Jesus Christ did what? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came and left heaven to live the law to the jot and the tittle to fulfill all the messianic prophecies. He laid down His life. He did not answer back. He did not justify Himself or defend Himself. And He shed His blood for the sin of the world, which is the propitiation. He was buried three days. And after that, He rose from the dead bodily. He was seen of men. And He ascended unto the Father as our High Priest to offer His very own blood on the mercy seat. And He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And He ever liveth to make intercession for us. And because of that, we are saved to the uttermost. To the uttermost. Now, do you know you're saved? And if you're saved, do you love the house of God? You know, when you're offended by preaching or you criticize the singing because somebody was a little off and don't worry if I'm doing it, it'll be a little off. Or if you're looking for things that you can be negative or pessimistic, the devil's the accuser of the brethren. I mean, love covers sin. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that ye have love one toward another. And, and like that verse Brother James used this morning, you know, by this we know that we have eternal life, that we love the brethren. And you know how you have eternal life? You don't love the people who are not the brethren. Now you love them, you want them to be saved, but it's a different type of love. So I read it again. As we dedicate our new auditorium, may God bless it and use it to edify the saints and grow His church and win souls, and may we honor Him. It says in verse 10, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I love what it says at the end of verse 11. You ought to memorize this. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. I believe that. And this all pertains to love in the house of God. God will not withhold any good thing from you. And you'll go from strength to strength. One day is better. I don't know how. You can live 10,000 years. All right, let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. I'd ask that no one is leaving. This is the most important part of the service. I want you to consider what was said as it applies to your life. Praise the Lord for the house of God, the Lord's day, His people, and the ministry that God has called us out of this world and Himself to be different.